welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parashat Re'eh, and the portion, the Torah portion, the first line has seven word verse, a seven word pasuk, that says, Behold, I give before you today blessing and curse, Re'eh anochi noten livnechem hayom beracha uchlahla. And the opening verse of our entire Torah in the book of Bereshit also has seven words where it says, Bereshit bara Elohim et hashamayim ve'et ha'aretz. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And so it also, so in both cases, each word corresponds to one of the seven sefirot. And we learned in Hasidus, in Kabbalah, that there's 10 attributes, 10 sefirot. Uh, you have three intellectual, which are chokmah, bina, dad, is understanding, uh, uh, sorry, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And then you have seven emotional, which are hesed, which is love and kindness. You have gebura, which is uh, justice. You have boundaries. You have uh, tiferet, which is mercy, love. Um, it's uh, also uh, uh, harmony balance, you have netzach, which is re resilience, it's uh, never giving up, you have hod, which is uh, humility, you have yesod, which is uh, foundation, and you have malchus, which is kingship. So here what it's saying is that the sixth word, the sixth word in the verse is beraha, and it's uh, actually connected to yesod, to foundation, and in the human body, you can also see that these attributes are in the body. You have a headset in the right, right shoulder, Gebura is on the left shoulder, you have mercy, Tiferet in the middle here, in the heart area, you have in your kidneys on the right side, Netzach, on the left side you have Hod, and then you have the reproductive organs are Yesod, and the feet are malchus. So we see that the essence of all blessings is the ability to reproduce. And we see that in the book of Bereshit, Hashem, his first blessing to mankind was be fruitful and multiply. And so in every generation, there are tzaddikim, there are holy people, righteous individuals, and they're able to reproduce Hashem's ability to bestow blessing into the world uh, through them. And so what is their secret? So here we go uh, again with the sixth section. We're in number six this, today. The sixth section of the book of, the, of, this, uh, of this Torah portion. Uh, the Torah is always, the, the portion is divided in seven aliyahs, which are also connected to the seven sefirot. And we read them on Shabbat, on Saturday, in the synagogue, and you have seven people from the congregation, seven men uh, that come up and they give a blessing for each one of these aliyahs. You have the Kohen, there's the first blessing, you have a Levi, and then you have uh, five uh, Israel that come and give the blessings for the readings of the Torah. So we see that uh, that this um, this parasha in this uh, in the sixth aliyah of this parasha uh, it talks about the commandments of the, um, of of giving of giving of being a giver and um, we see that the appearance of blessing in the first verse of the parasha is but one of many times that this 
word braha is given in this throughout this Torah portion. On the sixth uh, section, we see that there are 16 times the word braha is, um, I'm sorry, it, it appears six times. In the whole Torah portion, it appears 16 times. So there are commandments in the sixth section, the commandments of, to relinquish financial loans in the sabbatical year, in the year of Shemitah, every seven years we leave the land of Israel for a Shabbat of Shabbats, and nobody works the land, and it's a year that the, the, the farmers cease to work and cease to gain profit from the land of Israel. And we see from here that also on this sabbatical year, when the Jews used to lend money on this year of, of the Shemitah, the end of the year, of the seventh year, uh, all loans were relinquished, they were forgiven. If a person could not pay them, they were uh, forgotten about it. It also talks about the mitzvah of tzedakah, of charity, and that we are obliged to give uh, and help others. And also it talks about the Hebrew servant and his release. And this Torah reading is thus a first principle in all that has to do with charity and social support. So let's go to the first one, which is the relinquishing of loans. Um, in, the, in, in the Jewish religion, this is a very big mitzvah to lend money to someone that is needing money, either to help them out in a rough time in their lives or to help them uh, start a business. Or It's a big, big mitzvah. There's big funds that are created for this mitzvah. It's called the, it's called the, the, the agemach. And uh, when a Jew lends money to another Jew, he's forbidden from charging interests on the money that he lends. So this really is a, it's a very big mitzvah because it really takes a person to really um, give it all to God. You know, so many people lend money, they never see it again. You're lending this money, you're not getting interest, you're not gonna pay any benefit from it apart from helping someone else. And maybe, maybe this person will never be able to give you back what he owes you. So we see that, um, that this mitzvah, that the, the Torah verse already warns us that abstaining from lending money as the Shemitah year approaches is faithless. Like if a person lent money seven years, like the year after Shemitah, okay, he, it's, more, it's easier to lend money to someone because he knows that at the end of the seven years, most likely this person's gonna pay him. Uh, but if, let's say someone comes to ask you for a loan uh, a year before the Shemitah year, okay, this person most likely is not gonna pay you because in a year he's not gonna be able to put the money together and he's not gonna be able to pay you. And the year of Shemitah comes and then what he owes you is forgiven. It's, he doesn't owe you any, anything else. So it is such a difficult mitzvah to observe that Hillel the Elder, uh, around 2,000 years ago, he enacted the Prusbul, which is an edict to permit the loan to remain valid in the seventh year. So how did he do it? Because what happened is that people were not lending money close to the Shemitah year, and they, they were not doing the mitzvah because they knew that they were not gonna be paid back. So Hillel the elder, he, he decided that uh, the, 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 the debt would be given to the base din. And so it's a public uh, loan instead of a private loan. And since they were being lent by a public lender, then they were obliged to pay 
even if the Shemitah year came. So, so we see that um, this, this mitzvah really is a very big mitzvah. It's a mitzvah of trusting God. Um, it's, it's a huge mitzvah because you don't allow a person to fall down to the point that he's gonna need tzedakah. You, you're gonna lift him up before he falls down. And, um, and yes, it's the Jewish way. This is the way we do it. We help each other. So this is also part of the, of the mitzvah of love your fellow like yourself, that when people need money, you help them out. And so then we have the heartfelt mitzvah of tzedakah. And this mitzvah of tzedakah is the second topic in, in it's also in this uh, pasuk, the, this pasuk, the sixth aliyah. And tzedakah is actually the essential mitzvah. Tzedakah is so fundamental in Jewish life that when we, the sages refer to a mitzvah without stating which mitzvah it is, we know the mitzvah is the mitzvah of tzedakah. When you say the mitzvah, you mean the mitzvah of tzedakah. That's how it's known. So in the primary task that occupies the tzaddik, uh, which is associated with Joseph Hatzadik because Joseph is also the sixth shepherd that we have. We have uh, Abraham, Isaac, Yaakov, and then we have um, Moshe and Aaron, and the sixth is uh, Joseph, and then the seventh is King David. So Joseph is, uh, is the archetypal uh, uh, of the Sephira of Yesod, of foundation, and uh, giving charity, giving tzedakah, is one of the ten mitzvah uh, was one of the ten mitzvah campaigns launched by the Lubavitcher Rebbe. He was very, very insistent that people should be giving tzedakah, that everybody ha should have a tzedakah box in their home. It's more, he said that the tzedakah box should be attached to the to the to the wall of your home because that makes your whole home a tzedakah box and it will be protected. And Rabbi Yaakov Kiva states that loving your fellow man as you love yourself is an essential precept of the Torah. And we achieve this love in practice by opening our hearts and our hands uh, to people in need. So the verse regarding tzedakah are profuse with the grammatical use of the double verb. It says, give, you shall give. And uh, open your hand, you shall open your hand. You open, you shall open your hand. And this uh, Rashi interprets the significance of this emphatic style to mean that we should do so even a hundred times. Like there's not enough sedaka that you can give. It, it, whatever you give is, is, is not enough. And, that, uh, and it has no limits. Also the sages teach that we give because we understand that we are the children of God and uh, Hashem gives to us. He's giving to us all the time. He's, everything you have, Hashem gave to you. You didn't make anything. Like you think you're rich because you work hard and you are important and you were able to make it through and you think it's because of your efforts. This is a false concept because really, if you're rich, it's because Hashem chose you to be one of the rich people in this world. And he chooses people to be the rich people and he chooses people not to be so rich. Why? Because he needs administrators of his money. So the rich people are really people that are in this world to, 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 to manage Hashem's fund. This is what they, they should be doing. And um, it's like, for example, if you're sitting in a table in a dinner 
and they serve you, the, 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 they put a plate full of meat in front of you, obviously you understand that this plate is not all for you. You understand that you serve yourself a piece and then you share it with other people. So this is the, the mentality of a person that, thank God, he has a blessing of having money in their lives, that they have a wealth, is that they have to understand that it's not all for them. That Hashem is like a, the plate in the table full of food that you take for you what you need and you give the rest to the rest of the people that are sitting around you. So we see that uh, that we see that there are two facets to consider when giving charity: the giver and the receiver. You have to have a giver and you have to have a receiver. And in order to give generously, the giver must overcome an innate human tendency of selfishness. Uh, that's the test of a rich person is to to uh, fight this tendency of selfishness and be a humble human being and opening a tight fist rectifies the heart of the giver so when a person opens his hand the hand and the heart have the same size if you close your fist it's the same size of your heart when you open your heart, your hand, you're actually opening your heart. And you're forcing yourself to give as a rectification of your own soul. So, so it, it, rectification for your own soul is not enough. We must also take care that the individual receives what he needs. So to be uh, in the side of the giver, if you're blessed to be that person that Hashem gave you the money, to be able to be on the side of people that can give and do things for others. It's not so simple. You have to know how to give and you have to know who to give and when to give and what to give. Because yeah, sometimes you give to people things that they are really are useless for them and they need something else. And so the Rebbe teaches a willing heart and happy countenance are an integral part of the mitzvah of charity. Without them, the mitzvah, mitzvah is not complete. So yes, when you give to someone, you open your hand, you give, and you should always give with a smile, and you should always give in a way that makes the, the receiver feel dignified. You ask them, how are you doing? I hope your situation gets better. I hope this is helpful for you. You give with a, with a happy way, in a happy way. So often the core of the receiver's problem is not money. We must contemplate what is that he's truly lacking. And the verse states, lend him sufficient for his requirements, which he is lacking. To do so, we must resonate with his soul, and we need to nurture empathy and compassion for the other. With the level of sensitivity, we can help him the most, and Rashi interprets which he is lacking. So look at the person, what is he lacking? Is he lacking a wife? So let's help him find a wife. You know, is he lacking a place to, to live? Like helping, helping find a place to live. Like we have to be kind to people and to be sensitive to their needs. The Rebbe Lubavitch once had a, a group of rabbis come to him, like 300 rabbis. And he gave a whole talk on the importance of tzedakah and the responsibilities of a wealthy person, that he's responsible and he's accountable and that it's not like he has all this money and he can do whatever he wants with it. Like there's a purpose for that money and how serious it is if you have money. And at the end of the talk, he asked the 300 rabbis, okay, I'm gonna give a bracha, I'm gonna give a blessing for those who want to be wealthy, raise up your hands, and I'll give you a bracha for wealth. You know how many people rose their hands? Like you would think, okay, all of them would, three people, 
three, three rabbis raised their hands. And till today, they're very, very wealthy, their whole families. So we see that having wealth and having the ability to give is a braha, it's a blessing from God. And we have to see it like it's a sehut. It's, a, it's really, um, Hashem is giving you a, a gift to be able to be a giver. You know, sometimes you give for a book, a rabbi calls you, I'm writing this book and I need funds, can you help me? And you help to build that book, you give him money so he can bring this book into the world. Suddenly, you have millions of people reading this book. You know what? That, that merit goes to you. You were part of that book. So all these people that are learning and they're growing and they're expanding themselves and they're making, it makes them live better, it's in your, in your merit. So when you think that you're giving because, of, oh, I'm rich, oh, I, I give, or it makes me feel good, don't look at it that way. Look at it like, really, Hashem, He believes in me, He trusts in me, He's giving me this opportunity to take care of so many people, to be able to do something good in this world. It's be only because of His kindness that I can be kind. And this is the way that we have to approach charity. So then we have the, the third and final topic of this uh, six aliyah, where it talks about the, the, the Hebrew servant, the Evet Ibri. And this Hebrew servant is someone who has been sold into slavery, slavery by the Beitin. It's actually, it's a Jewish thief that stole from someone. And in those days, there was no jail system in the world. Like in, in, in the, the Jewish, in the times of the temple, there was no such things as a jail. There was nothing. There were six cities of refuge where a person that killed somebody unintentionally would go there and uh, do teshuva. But otherwise, every crime that was under the sun, if it was a punishable by death, the person would die. And if, if the person could do teshuva and return, then this is what he had to do. So in the case of the Hebrew servant, the, the Evet Ibrit, this Hebrew servant would steal from somebody, and obviously he had no money to pay back he, what he stole, couldn't pay back. So he was sold into, um, into slavery, and uh, he would work for this master, uh, in, and he would work for him to be able to repay what he stole. And the, the verse states, and though you shall endow him from your livestock and from your barn and from your winery, and God bless you, with, with shall you give him. And it says here that after the, the slave served the master, and the Shemitah year came, the seven year period, like let's say if this guy entered one year before Shemitah, he had only to be a slave for one year, but if he was seven years, he was seven years, it was maximum seven years when the Shemitah year came, he, the, the master had to let him go, and not only he had to let him go, but he had to give him remuneration, imagine. And all items mentioned in this verse are either animal or vegetable, so he had to give him things that would reproduce themselves. We go back to the Sephira of Yesod, of, 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 of foundation, of, a, of a, 
of reproduction. So the Sephira Foundation, here they are referred to as that which God bless you with. The blessing of reproduction is once again apparent in, the, in this mitzvah. And similarly, the first Jewish servant was Joseph, the archetypal soul of Yesod. So later we find another important principle regarding a Hebrew servant. While he's a resident in his master's home, from the phrase, for it is good for him with you, we learn that the master is obligated to supply the servant with the best social conditions he can. So for example, if you had a Jewish servant, a Jewish uh, slave in your home, you had to treat him better than yourself. If you only had one, one uh, bed, you gave him the bed. If you only had one piece of meat for that night to have for dinner, you gave him the piece of meat. You had to give him the best. And at, at least as good as his own, he must give him the same quality food and act fraternally towards him. So imagine, this guy stole, he's coming into your home to work to pay off whatever he stole from you, and you not only cannot be angry with him, you have to treat him like a king. And so the mitzvah to grant an endowment to a Hebrew servant is only pertinent when the Jubilee year is instated in the land of Israel. And nonetheless, the author of the Sefer Hinuk deduces from it a times, timeless principle that to give a grant to an employee who has worked for you, and this might be just a token gift, but we should always give our employees something of blessing that God has granted us. And we see that till today, this is something that is really, something that still continues. Nowadays, many countries has, have adopted this premise that when a person leaves a place of work, they get employment benefits. And this, um, this includes convalescence pay, severance pay, pension benefits, and so, so to the like. So the Jewish law emphasizes that the master is obligated to give the servant an endowment even if his work had not been pro profitable at his home and was not blessed by him. So this is crazy. Like, think about it. The guy came, he worked in your house, he didn't produce anything profitable for you, he did nothing better, and, uh, and anyways, you have to give him remuneration. And so what we learn from here is that this is a mitzvah, actually, and it teaches us that we must relate kindly to every person, even to a person who has deteriorated, who has fallen very low, and uh, to the level that he's a thief. And the many laws pertaining to, to employing a Hebrew servant all point, point to the fact that our foremost reason for employing him is for his sake and not our sake. And anyone who purchases a Hebrew servant is as if he has acquired a master to himself. So it's interesting that um, Hashem, in his mercy, he forgives everybody. In the, in the book of uh, Tomer Devorah, the fifth attribute is that Hashem forgives everything. He doesn't, he doesn't keep a grudge. He, does, he forgives everyone. He doesn't keep a grudge. And we see from this attribute that Hashem not only doesn't keep a grudge, but that in His mercy, He's kind to us. Imagine a person is stealing, a person is doing whatever, he's throwing his life to the garbage, he's not doing anything good, and Hashem still, he wakes up every morning, he has food in front of him, he has, a, uh, he has what he needs, he keeps living, he keeps breathing, Hashem continues giving him life. Why? Like, if this person is such a, a 
rotten fruit, like, okay, take him out. But no, Hashem waits and waits and forgives him and forgives him. Why? Because if he's gonna punish him, the punishment is only based in the welfare of this person. It's only so that this person can turn around. He's not gonna do it out of rage. Hashem doesn't send us a punishment out of rage. And in this parasha that he says, see today I send you a blessing and a curse. When it's talking about the curses, if you don't do this and you don't do that, then you're gonna get this and you're gonna get that and you're gonna get that. Yes, there's consequences to our, to our actions, but Hashem doesn't punish, man, punish us out of anger and hatred. He punishes us with the, with, 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 the, with the hope that people will turn around and with kindness. That's the most incredible thing that whatever happens to you in life, if you feel it's like a punishment from heaven, really it comes from a place of love. It's not coming from a place of hatred or revenge. It comes from a place of love. And so we see here that the, the six words of the parasha, the three mitzvot that, that appear in the six aliyah, all pertain to the blessing that is paramount in Yesod, in the, in the Sephira of foundation. Moreover, they all relate to the offering financial support to those in need. So this is kindness, this is hesed. And we're kind because Hashem is kind. This we should be what Hashem is. We are here to reveal Him in this world. And so the significance of this is clear. The more charity we give with a good heart and an open hand, the more God will bless us. And the more we give, the more heaven gives us. This is a, the Jewish philosophy. The more you give, the more you get. And you're gonna get what you give. And so the prophet Malachi states, and the test me now herewith says God of hosts to see if I will not open for you the conduits of heaven and pour down for you blessings until they, there be no room to, so, to, to suffice for it. Jewish law permits testing God in this realm by giving money, charity, and watching how he reciprocates by giving us more blessings. And this is the secret of all righteous tzaddikim who channels blessings to all mankind, and your people are all righteous. So we're holy because Hashem is holy. And the job of a Jew is to do righteousness, to be tzedek, to be just. And uh, these, three, these three mitzvahs that we just mentioned are about justice, it's about human uh, justice, about bringing people up and not bringing people down, to helping people get higher from where they're standing and not, not be a person that's drowning them. It's the other way around. If you see a person in need, you should run and help them. It's more, the Torah says, if you see your enemy with his donkey falls and, and he, the load is on top of it, you are commanded to go and help him get up. Your enemy, imagine. So if it's more, if it's so like that, how much more with people that are, that are just around us that need a helping hand? And this is the way we do it. This is a Jew. The Jew is always there to give. So I give you a bracha that you should always be a giver, that you should always be soche, meritorious, to be able to bring blessing to the world, that you are a blessing to the world. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you. Okay.